following is a live broadcast of the Lone Star Community Radio Program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. Hey guys, Connor from the Ticket Stub, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Here we are, born to be kings, we're the princes of the All right, it's 9.05 on Lone Star Community Radio's Dick and Skippy in the mornings, hanging out on IRLoneStar.com, Connor's FM 104.5, 106.1, and of course, worldwide, like I said, IRLoneStar.com, Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. It's uh, going to be a fun day today. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, small business office cleaning needs in the Montgomery County area. You can give them a call at 832-689-7996. They do one time to schedule cleaning. Visit them online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com. We also have C3 Creative Content Creations. They do videos, social media, writing. If it's creative and tangible, they do it. Visit them online at c3thewoodlands.com. Uh, today's special guest is going to be Rick Sellers of the Captain Rick Show. He's doing a audio drama book, and he's going to talk about that with Odin's Legacy Press. Uh, we're still looking for sponsors for the upcoming October 1st, October 2nd Lobster Fest Live with the Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce. We're doing a two-day back-to-back live broadcast on-site uh, with the Chamber for this fundraiser uh, on Thursday, October 1st. We'll be out at the uh, Montgomery County Fairgrounds covering their lobster steak dinner, drive through extravaganza, and silent auction. And then, of course, on Friday, we're going to be at Panorama Golf Club here in Conroe. We're going to be broadcasting on-site there during the golf tournament. So if you want to sponsor, let us know, lscrstudios at gmail.com or 936-666-1084. So, yeah, there we go. There's that. Uh, today at 3 o'clock, we're releasing our taco review video of Taco Patron. And, yeah, so just stick around on our social media for that at 3 o'clock. And we uh, have a, a full week ahead of us, uh, except for Friday. So we need a guest. If you want to be a guest on Friday, that's the 25th, let us know. We have uh, dickandskippy at gmail.com. 936-228-9368 is the text call line. And we'd love to get you on the air. We do have Rick today, and we have Krista Fabergas of the U.S. Census Bureau on Wednesday. So... That's what's going on. Uh, Rick should be in around 10 o'clock if he gets up. So uh, my phone is dead, so hopefully he'll uh, oh, check he, it he out. knows He knows to call me if, so. if need be. And Krista on Wednesday, she's our favorite census taker. Yeah. She's really cool. Yeah, she has the cattle prod and everything. So she, she does. She wants she, you to she, uh, fill out that census or she else. She enforces the uh, social distancing on herself for you. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. So she cool. Uh, and also, you were saying the first and second we have Lobster Fest. Also, just throw it out there on October third, they're going to have a celebration. You know, we have local uh, local theater guy named O. A. Melvin Orvis Melvin who passed away recently. Yeah. On the third at the Owen, they're going to have a one of those big celebration of life things. Yeah. It'd be really cool. I'm going to be there for that. What's the awkward music that's going to play when the when the big photo sh- sh- slideshow? I don't know, but I would probably replace it with another one bites the dust by Queen. I would do that Alanis set. Or the landmaster says, like, in the arms of an angel or whatever. Oh, that's Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, do where That's the, the one that the SBC yeah, hijacked. That's what, uh, that's what I would do. So, yeah, I, I want to go there because I got to make notes for because it's inevitable that when I go, there's going to be a big theater thing for me, too. So I want to yeah. have it planned out. Well, I've seen, I've seen OA on the stage before and he was good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I worked with OA off and on for like 30 years. Yeah. So. We served on the board together. Over we there, did. You and I. You and I were on the board there for a while. We uh, <laughs> and then we got asked to leave. <laughs> Please let us out of this. Yeah, in the nicest way. Do what? And then they just asked us to leave. Well, no. Yeah. no remember, we volunteered. They said they needed two board members to, to yeah, volunteer to step down. They, I, no one else was going to volunteer. Well, that was fine with me. I don't give. I, I enjoyed my time on the board there, but I I prefer just directing and going to shows there. Yeah, well, I was the only one. I felt like I was the only one that was kind of a sore thumb, or stuck out like a sore thumb uh-huh. because of I was never involved in any of the plays. But I also thought that was the whole point of a board. It depends on what you want out of your board. Yeah, because I was like, that makes total sense because you don't want who's directing four plays to be like the head dude because clearly there's a power grab there. But uh, oh, speaking of theater stuff, so over the weekend we had the Shakespeare. Yeah, how'd it go? The Tempest. It went really well. It's it's funny because I set up the we were live streamed it too. I can't believe it didn't rain. It, man, it rained before. It rained after. But, isn't that kind of the uh, Tempest? Yeah, the, like, the Tempest is a big storm. Brings a storm. Yeah, and the night before when we had like dark skies and and rolling clouds, and then of course yesterday uh, we had we had some rain. But no, for the performance itself, it was beautiful weather. The wind was a little high, but you know we dealt with it just fine. It just kind of jacked with the the microphones, wind blowing into the microphones. And uh, we did live stream it on the Points North Theater Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was I set it up myself, and I so I hit record, and I and I ran off because I had to do the the pre show announcements, not realizing that it was broadcasting sideways. So it took about twenty minutes for us to realize that. Uh, so I'm gonna have to take that live video and edit it to where the first twenty minutes you don't have to turn your head to look at it. We just blamed we just blamed the storm that you know the storm knocked yeah. the camera over. It's a new art thing. It it's, is. It's there. Uh, well, hold on. I'm saying, I'm getting reports on Facebook mes- the messaging saying that our audio is out of sync. Let us know if it's corrected because we were having issues starting to this morning's show with Facebook. It was a little delayed getting the signal, so I don't really know what's going on. Well, I've been doing that martial arts movie. Oh, I believe uh, it. you know I can throw my voice. And and make it look like I'm, well, I'm out of sync. So that's well, probably I'm what's glad happening. I'm glad you didn't kill any of your cast. Not only did not not kill any of my cast, I killed no audience members. Uh, we were very COVID friendly. Uh, I find it reassuring. Not one single, to my knowledge, and I'll check with the township t- today, but not one complaint or concern about well, y- you know, COVID. Because I, you know, I'm very vocal about a show like this. We were very careful. In the pre-show, we did kind of like a giveaway, and I brought up kids 
to to answer trivia questions on behalf of their families because that made it more fun. And I made sure I had a face shield on and the kids didn't touch the microphone and and uh, you know it looked like it, it came off really well. I'm really happy. I think it. It showed, and we had a lot of people show up. We had, I think we had about 300, 400 people show up, which is wonderful, to, to show that, you know, theater is here to stay. You can do it safely. People are hurting for entertainment. Uh, my cast was wearing masks on stage when they needed to. Everyone was temperature checked. And so hopefully this is a good sign that we can continue with the sh- theatrical shenanigans, in fact, my theater, Points North Theater, is planning a Christmas show. So, same setup, same park, outdoor, a 1940s USO Christmas show to happen in December. So we'll keep you posted on that. What does USO Christmas show mean? Uh, you know, USO is, is the organization that, that provides uh, services for, for service members. Uh, you know, especially like Bob Hope would do, go on the USO tour in Vietnam, or, you know, they'd be civilians or um, members of the service who weren't active duty to do music and, and shows and stuff like that to, to entertain the troops. Okay. And so, you know, you have a 1940s World War II Christmas show where you just have some people in uniform and, and, and singing some standards. We'll be uh, partnering up again with the Woodland Symphony Orchestra and having a good old time. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to fix it. Did, did we get the audio thing straightened out? I, don't, I think so. Cool. I have no idea. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Well, uh... Now, what about you? Because you weren't there, apparently. You had yeah, uh, family to birthday. Do. Uh, and then was doing that with Miss Holly. And then we got beat by a bunch of Raising Cane's uh, 19-year-olds on the bowling on Sunday. So that's always fun. Uh, and then outside of that... That's about it. Cool. Um, I did get Disney Plus. You got Disney Plus. I, did well, you binge The Mandalorian? No, I got the ESP. I got the bundle. Okay. Because the uh, Bundesliga soccer is on ESPN Plus, and ESPN Plus is like six bucks, and then it's like, hey, get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus for like twelve ninety nine or something like that. So I was like, I'll do that. Okay. So I did that. And it, it's it's kind of funny, like you you forget how much Disney has. So it's a little creepy. I watched a little bit of Star Wars, forgot how bad they were, and then uh, wait, no, wait, which Star? The Wars? newest ones. I watched. I rewatched the like the most recent one. Was it the the Rise, Rise of Skywalker? Skywalker. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember how I was like, oh, that's right, this movie sucks. Oh, dick. I think dick. my favorite part was when he threw his lightsaber in the water. Yeah, well, that's you know he didn't have a badge to throw in the but water. But I couldn't, I couldn't help but think of a scene in a TV show I really enjoy called uh, Arrested Development, mm-hmm. where there's a scene where <laughs> Joe's throwing the check and it keeps flying, and back it keeps to flying him. back. To <laughs> and I'm just like, when he threw that lightsaber, I was like, man, he's probably gonna need that lightsaber <laughs> at one point. And guess what? He does need a lightsaber at one point. Yep. I mean, you, you can't haul it out of the water because then you you kind of shock yourself. <laughs> I mean, it turns into a taser. No, that's what's so funny about the newer Star Wars is I think what happened was if you remember when episode one, two, and three came out, people were like, man, why is the lightsaber battling so much more fluid? And but this is supposed to be pre Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like all theatrical and they're, they're tossing and turning and flying and doing stuff. 
And then they're like, and I guess people like that because they literally took it to 11 for these new movies where everyone's like getting force pushed like every like everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what is going on in this movie? I totally forgot like how like they just they either some guy who made the video game going imagine the force in the video game. So they made I don't know if you ever played like the newer Star Wars video games. Well, I've got but the Connect one. At they're home. ridiculous. Like some of those powers you could do. Oh you man, can, I can, almost stroked they're out. They're kind of fun because you could throw them like off the ship, and you're like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do with every single person. Well, with and, the, I have an Xbox, and so I have Connect, and I have yeah. the Connect Star Wars, and I almost gave myself a coronary because I'm like getting into it because you know I've got a. I'm holding on a broom handle for like a lightsaber and I'm doing that and pushing stuff. Yeah. Now, it's funny you mentioned that because if you remember Star Star Wars for me or the, the episode four, the first one that ever came out in 77, that was just Alec Guinness and David Prowse just kind of fencing. Back no, yeah, I know I get it, but it's like, but, you know, they had that conversation where it's like, you know, because I can see George Lucas trying to justify. He's like, oh, this is, this is when the Jedi Order was in its prime and like, it was an art form and like mm-hmm. a different styles. And then they're like, well, let's just have Yoda like jump around, flip around and like start yelling like a banshee. Well, what someone did and I stumbled across it on either a Facebook or a YouTube video. I'll, I'll try to find that. We, we can put it on um, our, our page or our link here, but this film company actually filled in the gaps. Basically they, they took the original footage of the, the star Wars battle between Kenobi and Darth Vader but then they added in with with actors and stuff like that, a kind little of bit more what you didn't see, yeah. where they're doing the whole force thing back and forth. But it's, fl- I mean, it's it's integrated it. seamlessly. I've seen it. I love that. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what I don't really like the newer stuff because I feel like it's too self aware. And they knew that. Oh, they each one had to get more. It's like James and, Bond. After a while, the the pre credit opening sequence with the stunts. They just got so outrageous. I don't know, man. Casino Royale had an excellent well, opening. No, well, that's what I'm saying. When they rebooted that parkour it, parkour stuff or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, but I, but I'm talking about you know Bond in a situation. Stop grabbing your ear. Mm-hmm. Stop that? touching your ear. Yeah. But it's in, good, in good. the Roger Moore days, they just got more and more outrageous. Or and then the one that killed me was one of was the it, two- was Roger Moore the one where the opening scene where uh, it was the car goes a submarine. Yeah. That was the spy who loved me. Yeah, like that, man. Yeah, you're right. You totally. There, there was another scene where they like, had do. The right, I think it was Roger Moore, and they're somewhere in the Middle East, and it made no sense because he drove into a wall, and he ruined the poster. But then all of a sudden, the same poster fell back down to make it look like the wall yeah. back to normal. I'm like, that same movie. I was like, how does he? Like, how did he even know that? It was like, MI5's, MI6's it, was that, safe house. Was that an MI6 wall? Yeah. Because it, no, it was just a wall in the in the yeah. town. It wasn't into a safe house. Yeah, but that's where they'd set up already. The one that killed me was in one of the Timothy Dalton movies where the bad guys actually kill some double O's. It's yeah. not, they're on Gibraltar, and he gets the bad guys, and then he falls and, you know, lands in this boat, and he picks up his phone, and he's like, you know, bond here. Uh I'm safe. I'll give you a, a, a debriefing in an hour. And then there's a hot woman driving the boat that kind of looks at him. He's like, make that two hours. It's like, wait, so some of your friends have just been brutally murdered. Bad guys are on the run, and you're going to take time to Well, he needs some me time, Get dude. to second base. He needs some me time. <laughs> that was where we started to lose. But, no, I, I would but with Daniel Craig, the, the, the— Oh, they're so much better. Yeah, exactly. Although they're getting a little bit more— I, I'm dying for the new movie. I want to see— 
if they regrounded it in reality. But I love the fact that James Bond and Batman with the Christopher Nolan Batman well, went what, back to reality. Well, what, what, they, what they did really well... Hey, morning, Skyler. Good what, to see you. They, what they did really well with the for uh, Casino Royale and maybe Quantum of Solace is like they didn't really have a lot of dialogue where it was more of action mm-hmm. and then movement. So it was like it was very well told that way. Mm-hmm. And then... uh. And then it kind of—I don't really remember if it really went off the hinges. It hasn't really gone. Well, like, Spectre—he hasn't gone to space, so we're not like—we're not to Fast and the Furious ridiculousness yet. But anyway, I was saying is that the Disney Plus—I forgot all their catalog and how many things like they owned and TV. And then like, what was funny was I, they kept promoting the live actions, mm-hmm. and I think we've already—we kind of talked about how how horrible they are. And they had Mulan there. And then it, I clicked on Aladdin, and then I forgot they made two direct-to-home video Aladdin movies. Oh, yeah, The Return of Jafar. Yeah, and and, uh, and I was reading about them. I was like, oh, I totally forgot about those. Like, I remember watching those as a kid. It's like they had Little Mermaid 2 with yeah. her daughter. And, uh, well, it was funny. I was reading, because in the third one, they didn't get Robin Williams for the second one. No, they got Dan Castanella. Something like Ho- that. Homer Simpson. Yeah, and then they got, uh, for the third one, they got him back. And mm-hmm. they also got John Rife. Rifus Davis, he plays uh, Aladdin's father in the movie. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good cast. So I was reading about, apparently, after Aladdin was made, the CEO at the time made a bunch of toys and used Robin Williams's yeah. voice and apparently wasn't supposed to do that. Correct. And Robin Williams, I don't know if he, like, I couldn't really understand if he, like, sued or was just upset, but refused to come back. And then uh, for him to come back for the third one, he goes, pay me a million dollars, and give this guy has to give me an apology. And mm-hmm. The guy gave him an apology. And then I yeah, I remember when, when that went down. Because, you know, Dan Castanella, great great for Homer Simpson. It's hard to follow Robin Williams, especially when you're going direct to the video. Well, they were saying, I was reading about the production of the third one, and they were saying that when Robin Williams signed on, they already finished like 40% of all the genie scenes. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we have to scrap it. Because we base everything off Robin Williams when he records it. Right. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So the live action one could have been worse, I got to say. My, my wife made me we watch talk, I it. I think Brett and I talked about it a little bit. Okay. Uh, so yeah, how'd that go on Friday? On Friday, I was, uh, my my company well, got hired Brett, to we, do Brett, the, the Brett, Romero. Brett needs to stop uh, fingering the... The audience, that's that's important. Did he finger uh, them? Did, did he hold up? Did he say we're number one? Yeah, he gave him we're number one in the English term, uh, in the England <laughs> way. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was good. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Do you know where the back. finger came from? You know the origins. Of I it? imagine it has something to do with chopping off the other ones, and like that was the only one left. Or I don't know. It's sort of, kind of in the I feel like in the like words a... between the English and, and the French. What would happen is English English longbowmen were fierce. Oh yeah, and you just chop and off. the French would chop off the middle finger so you couldn't be a, you know be an archer anymore, be a bowman anymore. So the Brits, when they would face them across the battlefield, would flip the bird as it were, raise the finger to say, "Well, I've still got my finger." Yeah, and that's where that came from. I can't imagine they haven't they didn't develop some archaic way to use the bow without a middle finger. It's just you know one of those. You got to be able to saying, like, notch the the arrow and hold on to it, yeah. and it's you can't have a gap there. And your your pinky and your ring finger are too weak. You can figure it out. Yeah, I mean, there's people who freaking use bows with their toes. Oh, they are now. You can use a compound bow. Back then, there was no compound stuff. You had you had that long bow that had like three thousand foot it pound out. of torque. You can figure yeah. it out. 
you know, it's funny. I was listening to these uh, military people, and they were talking about imagine the during the uh, like that time period of warfare is like mm-hmm. imagine if they had ballistics and bombs because don't they would just destroy each other. Everyone because they were talking about the different levels of. Like, you know how today's standard, when we go to, when we fight somebody, we don't go to the ultimate solution immediately. We're not Mm. like, oh, let's just go ahead and drop a nuke on these people. Right. And it's like, over the years, we learned that there's levels of response and then like, but they were saying, if you imagine back then. But back then, they would even have stuff where they wouldn't have full battles. They would have representatives. But yeah, but imagine if those. These five guys died to the 500 behind them laid down. Okay, you know, we lost. Here's our weapons. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah. What do you What do you want to talk about? I know you're you've been. Well, um, like I said, Friday, you know, Mayor Toby Powell passed away, yeah. and so that that does leave a a uh, electoral conundrum going on a bit because he's still on the ballot, and Jody Chukowski is running against him, and so, so on November third. Because uh, I I, re- I asked about this, I, I talked to City of Conroe, and what's going to happen is November third. One of two things is going to happen. Jody Chikowsky is going to win, in which case uh, Duke Kuhn is going to be mayor pro tem until the, the end of the term, and then Chikowsky will, will assume the mantle of mayor. If Toby Powell's name wins, then Kuhn will maintain the the position, and there will be, as soon as possible, a special election to find And the special election will be almost like a restart. Like, anyone can put their name in. And yeah, that and that's, now that's the funny thing. Will Tchaikovsky be able, I got to find out if Tchaikovsky would be able, Jody Tchaikovsky would be able to rerun. Well, why wouldn't he be? Well, I, I don't know. If oh, because the kind he of, lost? Because he lost. Yeah, basically, if you lose the that's, one general, can you immediately pop into yeah, a I don't know. special election? And, you know, ordinarily, this stuff has happened on West Wing and Night Court. And, you know, it's funny. But, you know, my heart kind of goes out to Joukowsky because you're running against a dead person. And not only, you know, ser- in all seriousness, that can make you feel kind of funky. But also, well, especially with something so you, local, yeah, like this wasn't some random guy. Exactly, and they didn't way. hate each other, you know, stuff like that. But my, it's only funny because it's not me involved with this. What if he yeah. loses? I mean, I, what? A, I I don't know. I mean, I think, I think the impact it definitely affected people. But I think the voter base, I think it, the word will get out that the man has passed away. True, but I think a lot of this election cycle, from local all the way to national, half the time you're not voting for someone, you're voting against the I, other person. I bet, I the bet a bunch of people who heard the news probably didn't realize we had a mayor. I can totally, <laughs> I can it. totally see that. That could be it. But the uh, the funeral procession, you know, through downtown, um, that was beautiful. So many people, yeah. you know, that that this line that line would not stop. And then I raced over to the the cemetery to shoot the graveside service, and uh, you know, uh, Wayne Mack. Judge Mack, he emceed it, I guess. And it was really nice. It was very hot outside, so it wasn't drawn out too much. And so, yeah, that was that was Friday. And so Brett took my seat. Yeah. And he literally I had to go find it and bring it back so I can sit down again. When did uh, Ruth Gator Ginsburg pass away? A couple of days ago. Was it like over the weekend? Saturday, I think. Yeah, because the conspiracy theory is that she's been, she's been passed away for a while. Nah. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't literally. You can't hide that. It's not I like so. It. It's not like the Soviet Russia. No, that, no. Like the conspiracy theory is she was in the hospital. Oh yeah, like brain, like a brain dead. 
it's hard to be brain dead when I don't know. It's pancreatic I just, cancer. I say the, I you know I always keep a pulse on the conspiracy theories. You, you I do always indeed. like to know what's going on. And uh, yeah, and that of course is another brouhaha here. And uh, you know I do a political show, and I'm positive that the next episode well, what, what we really record is going to be about this because this is going to be I want to say like the fourth time I've kind of encountered the media and also politicians. And it's so funny to me. It's like whoever's in favor right now, it's they always do the opposite of like what they said when they weren't in favor. And it's it's weird to me that we still haven't figured out clear rules on nominating the Supreme Court when it comes. There are clear rules. Well, I'm saying like the political side of it. Like people, from what I understood, there's so many ways to change the rules of passing and not passing, and like nuclear option, not nuclear option. Mm-hmm. You know, all this kind of stuff that's constantly happening when we when the Supreme Court justice passes away. And I'm like, I can't believe we even figured this out, how to, like, not become buttheads about this. Because now everyone's just a butthead. Everyone's going to be, you know, talking about... Yeah, but people aren't realizing the the history no, I, be, behind this. You know how many times, how many presidents have nominated a Supreme Court justice in an election year? 19 times. 25. Oh, it's close. Okay, you know how many have passed? You know, that the nominee 19. got it? 21. So 21 out of 25. But, you know, the last time that a president with the opposite party of the Senate— 19 times. When was the last time that an election year nominee from a president of one party was passed by the Senate of the other party? 1919. 1888. Okay, close. And so it's actually called the Biden rule, okay? People are forgetting that Joe Biden, 1992, Two, I think, no, early in the 88, I think, uh, implored Bush to not choose any election year uh, nominees for the Supreme Court, even though none were up. He's like, don't do it, because when you have a president from an opposite party, because, you know, you had a Democrat, there was a Democrat uh, 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 Senate, he was talking about that schisms the whole process the reason the main difference between 2016 and today is in 16 with obama with um uh garner garrett garnett the uh, the justice that obama put up that mitch mcconnell said no we're going to wait till after the election that's because there was you had obama who was in a second term so there was going to be a new president no matter what and a, an opposing Senate, Republican-led Senate. So basically, Mitch McConnell in 2016 invoked the Biden rule named after Joe Biden, saying we shouldn't do this because of that. It's different here because the the White House and the Senate are the same party. And 25 well, times again, this has been done. Well, again, I'm 21 times success. Whoever's benefit, they're just going to do whatever they want. And I, I'm and again. I'm, what I'm commenting on is kind of like the circus of the political figureheads. Well, you it's you like, also have after what happened with Gorsuch um, and Kavanaugh. I mean, uh, and now the Democrats are saying we're we're gonna you know AOC is floating another impeachment to keep Trump from able to not uh, nominate someone, or Pelosi saying everything's on the table. You know, we'll do whatever it takes to make sure this. Uh, that's what's making this nuclear option this saying we're going to stack the lesser courts um to make sure that nothing gets to the supreme court uh if, if trump tries this it's it, it's it's staggering i i mean to come hey, out and basically it? say it's not, it's not 
no. Let's be real. We everyone hates each other, and whatever. And if you hate somebody, you're gonna go. You're gonna test how far you really will go, for the, like to prove that hatred. So yeah, it's yeah. it's normal. This is all normal. But it shouldn't be. Well, no, no, never. The children will never get along, and I don't think I don't think going forward there's ever gonna be. But we used to again twenty one out of twenty five times. Well, it takes a it takes a, a, a strong. 25 times has been floated without threat of, of impeachment or packing a courts. A strong group of generation of people flushing them out and putting other people in. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. But I don't know. I think uh, in, my, in my perspective, it feels. I think it feels like everyone's kind of, uh, what do you want to call it? I'm, uh, you're an individual without any guidance. Because like, mm-hmm. there's not really a true leader of, among us. That's, and that we get, we agree on that. There's just been no because I feel inspiring when it comes to politics. Voice. I feel like the Republicans took a step back because they go, "Oh, Trump's here and it's ego, so we're just going to let mm-hmm. him do what he wants to do." And then when he's gone, they're not going to. It's kind of like the Democrats; they don't really seem to have a plan. You think they would have a plan? But the but see but, on the see, I, I don't, don't want to get down this rabbit hole because it's going to sound like I'm yay Trump. The party in power right now, a president's elected for a full term for four years, not three years. Well, I'm at more of like, months. you know, somehow their process and their plan ended up with Biden. And I'm like, man, that doesn't really scream encouragement and, you know, a positive future for the Democratic Party to me. Well, again, it, it's, and, you don't look at Biden in this situation. You look at Harris. Well, no, no, you look at Biden. Okay. I mean, you have to. He's he's running for president. Even, Even he said the Harris-Biden ticket. Well, okay, I'm saying you can't. It's, it, it kind of bugs me when people go, oh, you're like what you just said. You're really voting for Harris. I'm like, well, then that's this process is screwed up if we're if we're looking at to prop up such a puppet. Biden right now, I defy anyone. I dare anyone to to argue with me that Biden's mental capacity is diminished. And don't say, yeah, but Trump. Do not say that. We're talking about Biden right now. His yeah. mental capacity. I can't. Is I can't get over it. Like, diving just, like a paralyzed falcon. Both, but I'd say both sides are just lost. It's it's strange to me that someone hasn't like this is what's so weird. Like you know, looking back, you know, the past ten years, to me, this was the perfect opportunity to start. You know, like if you're a Green Party or if you're a Bernie Sanders independent, like being independent and stick with that, because you really like, especially with the flow of money. I do, I do understand that these two parties do have power. Like there mm-hmm. is, and there's financial power, and there's also political influence power. But today, looking, this is—I'm not a political expert, but like to me, this is a perfect opportunity to gain a little bit of both of those things for an independent because it seems like they don't like they're weak in a sense. They're weak. Well, Dick, that's a good point. I uh, hopefully this will evolve into the age of the centrist. Uh, there are a lot of us out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have like AOC on for the left going, no, no, no we got to go far, far, far left. And we got those on the right that say, no, no, we got to go far, far, far right. But there's so many of us, and I'll throw myself in this, in the middle. Those of us who say, okay, I'm a Republican, but I'm socially liberal because of A, B, and C. You know, I believe in small government, including in the bedroom. Well, well let me ask you this. When it, like the centrist thing is interesting to me because, you know, there's not some 20 questionnaire that will determine what kind of political belief you have. Mm-hmm. But what I would like to see in a political leader is not choose the typical argumentative topics that are literally there to divide a government. So, like birth control, not birth control, uh, 
abortion, abortion guns, like to me, like freedom of speech. That, that's, those are the big three. Yeah, but like those will be argued for the end of time. I feel like in the way our government is set up, and it will go back and forth, go back and forth throughout whoever's in charge. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's other things that we could focus on. Absolutely, that you could actually but it make sell an headlines. Impact. Yeah, but I mean, I I still think there's. There's a way it doesn't get you reelected to say, "Hey, you know, I'm making sure 22 veterans a day don't commit suicide." It's yeah, not I think, sexy. I think you could change that. You're not. The, I would you, very much love for that to change. You don't have to make it sexy, but I think it's more of like because that's always people always ask like, "How are you living? How are you? How is it different the way you're living today than it was four years ago?" You know, and some people that's how they justify who they vote for. It's like, mm. "Oh, is he doing a good job? Is she doing a good job? You know, is your is your overall quality of life and you know whatever." Which is why the X factor of coronavirus really is is fun because, you you know, up until coronavirus hit and these mandated shutdowns and and everything else, across the board, as far as, you know, unemployment and job growth was at historic levels in a good way. Ah, okay. No, no, it truly was. African-American unemployment was down to the lowest it had ever been, ever. Jobs, you know, the ones that the previous administration said these manufacturing jobs are gone and they're not coming back. Four hundred thousand of them came back. You, you know, it was. Uh, now, of course, we're getting the whole debt ceiling and debt and, and so forth and so on. That, I don't know. That's I, th- that's another world that other I don't, stuff I can't comprehend. I'm like, but again, like that's some people base their decision on who voting for. But they, people base their decision on who to vote for for random reasons. So, so uh, uh, listener Skyler says, did you guys see Cardi B and Biden's interview? You will lose brain cells. Uh, I refuse to support anything Cardi B. I mean, this is a woman who literally said she, you know, drugged men and robbed them. So I like that. I, she's the last person for me way. to. If like, Biden wants to well, have her be his well, sounding me, board. What it sounds like to me, though, is Cardi B and that drug drugging thing. Did they come forward? Is that how it broke? Or was this something where she just kind of bragged about it? I think it? she bragged about it. So it's not really, you don't know if it's true or not? No, it's, I, I will double check on that, but I'm pretty if you're sure trying it's to, true. If you're trying to tell me that a rapper went on a song and rapped about the, the crazy things they've done. You got cele- rappers and celebrities all the time saying, oh yeah, I, I was dropping meth and this and that, but you know. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. How do you believe, I mean, so, uh, what, the reason I'm asking is I don't know anything about the story. So was there like actually police show up at her door and be like, "Hey, we have a report from like three males that you were, you drugged them and robbed them," or is it more of I sang it in a song and people go, "I wonder if that's true." Let me write a headline and look, it's true because she said it in the song. Yeah, Cardi B says she used to rob men. This is a Vox article. Her image was built to withstand scandals like this. I had very limited options. The rapper says of her past. So basically, she. Um, but she, it was never like have men come forward and women come forward. Because I feel like that's I'm what, reading right now. Hang on, I feel like that's what those kind of stories. But miss. here's the thing: it's very, it's any kind of uh, sexual abuse survivor. It's really hard to come forward and say, "Yeah, I was drugged." Well, no, I'm just, by a, a woman. So I mean, you can't say a we, lack of people coming forward is necessarily. I'm just saying that when a rapper raps, did you really believe... No, she, no, this is not in a rap. This is her well, I'm in interviews. Like, yeah, you're talking about a rapper who's trying to build an image of well, being... A, like. A, okay, so then she's a liar. Oh, probably, I mean, I have no idea. So, I, in either I mean, case, I was why talking to Holly would Biden about this yesterday. hook up with that? I was talking to Holly about this yesterday. I was like, it's so funny how mainstream the rap culture became because if you think about in the 80s when hip-hop and rap really were morphing into like the gangster stuff, it's like you have Ice Cube 
and you have Snoop Dogg, who are like notorious, you know, gangster rappers, and then today they've been like turned into like almost like a like they're on E television and they're doing movies, and it's kind of it's really funny to me where you listen to their music, and if you listen like to NWA, it's pretty hardcore rap, and then it's like, oh, okay, now he's doing Are We There Yet? Number two with Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they, they care. But whether paid. she's being for realsies or I'm just lying, I'm making just, it up, it's why would Biden choose her to be? I'm, I, I won't I, take any questions uh, okay. from reporters, but let I'll me, sit down with Cardi B. All the decisions that are these these people are making, I'm telling you, it's like leader. It's like they don't get they don't know what they're trying to do They're It's almost like we need to try everything a little different just to see what's working. Mm. And I mean, that's. I, I mean, that's what they're doing, and I don't see there. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, I don't know. But we're forty, what, forty three days away? Yeah, 44? I mean, that's what I'm saying. You like, gotta, it's like what I tell a cast when I'm directing a show. Up to a certain point, I'll take all kinds of feedback, and they'll ask me, "Can I do this with my character? Can I talk like that? Can I bring this on?" I'll say, "Yeah, let's try it. Let's try it." But there comes a point where I say, "Okay, we stop now. We're, it's locked in. We can't change anything else yeah. because we're too close to the end." 44 days away from a, a major presidential election. You can't start trying new things. You got to lock it in well, the, and pick a platform. I still don't know Biden's platform, except I'm not Trump. That's all you need to know, though. Seriously. You know, he said, he, okay, two weeks ago, he said he always carries this list in his pocket of, of names. I'd love for reporters to say, can you bring out today's list? You say you carry it every day. Um, no, no reporter is going to say that. He's saying, I'm not going to, I have a list of my recommendations for uh, well, I mean, the debate's justice, coming up. but I'm not going to say who it is. The debate's coming up. Uh, so. do, you think, do, you, do you really think the debate's going to happen? Oh, yeah. I think they're going to try it. And okay. And I think they're going to try to do one. Nope. They, they can't afford to have a debate where he doesn't have the teleprompter in front of him or an IFB in his ear. Because the kn- little no, news No, the problem is thing. they confirmed it. So what happens if he? Ah, go, but that darn COVID's just going to wipe uh, him oh, out no. the night before. And you know Trump's got a field day with that. Yeah, but it's then result is there won't be a debate. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's going to get on Twitter for three days talking about coward, whatever you know, whatever his name is. No, <laughs> no. The, Biden the, will say what's the new nickname for. I mean, like he's going to come up with Biden, Biden, Sleepy yeah. Joe. I mean, you're going to be dealing with that crap all. No, over Biden again. will say, "Oh, we'll have a debate, but I'll just have to do it from my hospital room all by myself, where you know you can be a teleprompter right there." And someone just typing in furiously his answers. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. No. Yeah, huh? No. Uh-huh, too. Well, let's move on from politics. This stuff's okay. crap. Yeah, so going from that, um, let's You talk- watching hockey at all? I mean, we're at the Stanley Cup I Finals, am, dude. I am not a hockey guy, so fill me Dallas in on Dallas is it. in the Dallas, the city of Dallas. Is, you that, know? The, is that the Stars? The Stars, okay. yeah, playing the Tampa Bay. Um, it's fun. Hockey's fun. Uh, football's, I watched a little bit of football this weekend. So Florida has a ice hockey team. Yeah, Florida, who has never seen ice outside of a mai tai. Yeah, I mean it's kind of funny, but then again, we're talking about the high end sports stuff, so anything can happen. Like this is true. So, so you say that's the Stanley Cup, right? Yeah. Are the are the finals coming up or the playoffs? That's or? the finals. They're in the they're in the series for the finals. So it's the Stars and Versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, yeah. And who do we who do we want to uh, who are you rooting for? Uh, I would probably say the Stars. Then I'll go Tampa Bay just because I'm contrarian so, like that. Well, Dallas has one win right now. Okay. So it's the best. Ha- uh, it's the best of four. No, sorry. You have to win four games. So I oh, guess best, it's best, best of seven. seven. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So there's that, and then we got 
basketball going on, and then you got football, you got soccer starting back up, I and mean, we got a lot of sports going on. ESPN Plus, I mean, I was uh, a little overwhelmed when I signed in because, okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> if you like sports, I, I enjoy watching sports, but not like what ESPN Plus thinks I do because you can watch every level of any competitive, like I'm talking like AAA softball over in the Northeast, like the smallest schools. I'm like, this is insane. Like how many, you can watch cross. you can watch, I mean, if you like sports, you're covered. High lie. Like, it, no, I mean, I, I wonder what's. Tiddly winks. Well, you just go to like what's on today and it's like 50 different things. You're like, oh my gosh. Let, let me cut in real quick. Did you ever see the movie Bring It On? The cheerleader yeah, one? Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that being on there. No, 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 not Bring It On. Um, um. A dodgeball. Remember yeah, dodgeball? I, would, I would not doubt that being on but there. But remember how they had ESPN 8, the Ocho. Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> and back then, that was a joke. Now, I bet there really is an ESPN 8. Oh, I mean, you're looking at, I'm looking, I'm looking at right now what's on. I mean, you got, it's all different soccer levels. They got, it's, I mean, there's so many different boxing and UFCs. Well, I'm glad that there's the outlet for the fan. I'm I'm not a, the, the, Fan, I'm a casual fan of any sport at best. Well, because sports is to me was the last, uh, what do you call it? Like the last lifeboat for cable TV. Like that was really the only reason you had cable TV because live sports was only on cable. This is about <clears throat> this is about eight years ago, right? You'd have the network blackouts. Yeah, and then everyone, all these companies started testing some things. And hey, like, is cornhole? In, in yeah, there? look, let's see what they got. I mean, they got some, they got some random. Inquiring minds want to know. Thanks for the tips, Kyler. I'm gonna look at this. It's called, is it called like what's the professional thing called? Is it called cornhole? Cornhole. I, I called it beanbag toss, but let's see. Watch out! You don't get a Beavis and Butthead thing. Is it called? It has to be called like the specific. Because I don't see any cornhole. Oh, well, there's no you know, but you know, tossing the beanbag. And yeah, I know. I, know. I like I like playing it. Cornhole. I think is an A and M thing. Well, it'll probably be on the Ocho. ESPN 8. It's a professional cornhole? Yeah, try professional cornhole. Two words, cornhole. League. Anything? American Cornhole League. (laughs) That's what it's called. (laughs) The the ACL. The ACHL. I'm looking at Okay, well, while you're looking up, I'll keep talking so we don't have dead air here. So we're... Yeah, I got it right here. Okay. On demand. I can watch it. Uh, 2020 Galveston Gusher Pros and, and Joes. There you go. My goodness. <laughs> My goodness. Like I said, like, because that's what's so amazing discovering the, and I was telling Brett about, like, HBO and, like, because all these companies are moving away where that's, like, what is our actual ultimate catalog? You know, because, you know, Disney owns more than just Disney. They own ABC. They own ESPN. Oh, they they own the Star Wars franchise now. Well, I mean, like, well, that's produced by Disney. I'm talking like. Well, it is now, but what I'm saying is, you know, they retroactively yeah. brought it all in. So, so it they all have a large catalog brother. that you might not know. Oh, that's them. Like, mm-hmm. for some reason, and explain, I wish someone would explain this to me. They have the entire Simpsons seasons on there. And I've for sure thought, I guess Disney bought Fox. Yeah, Disney bought twenty first century. Disney bought certain aspects of Fox, and that included the Simpsons. I'm guessing. Yeah, did did I get the news department? Fox News is still Fox News. It's not part of Disney. Yeah, because they the Simpsons were on there. I was like, that's kind of random. Yeah, but Disney uh, owns Fox. They own Star Wars. They own, um, well, of course, the Disney catalog, Disney Pixar. But sports is the last, and not ESPN is the last deal for cable. I bet, and I don't. I mean. 
out of all the services, I think ESPN Plus has the most exclusives for like not not for. Well, like, it sounds like it's pretty particular. You know, if you're into cornhole or soccer, well, like me, I'm into German soccer. So German like, soccer, Australian rules football. I yeah. love that. It's just. The only thing missing from Australian rules football is, like, clubs with spikes in them. Speaking of which, I know we're kind of squirreling in here today. Squirrel! Last night I was kind of channel surfing on, or program surfing on Netflix and Hulu just to, you know, see if something would catch my attention. Yeah. And I watched the first episode of a show that was on, I guess, the Sci-Fi Channel for a few years called Z Nation. Have you ever heard of it? I'm looking it up. It's... Okay, it's a zombie deal. It's a zombie like it. TV series, but kind of like it's produced by the same company that produced Sharknado. The Sharknado. It movies. looks like that, or it is? no, it it, it is it, the, the same company that produces the Sharknado movies also produced the Nation. So there's some humor in this one. Uh, it's definitely not The Walking Dead. These zombies run fast. Uh, these zombies, if you die, like one second later, you come back as a zombie. So it's not like you know the missing you know you got some time they actually had some they remember the movie the core where they got to go to the center of the planet to restart the core it's like the anti-armageddon instead of going out into space to save the earth they got to go inside the earth and you got that really weird looking guy with the big nose and the funky ears who weighs like 40 pounds he's the hacker yeah the hacker well he's in this z nation also he Uh, plays this guy left behind in an arctic base so he's trying to he's basically playing the same role but just you know People go here, go there. I don't know. If, if anyone's seen the show, let me know. The first episode was odd. The first episode had Harold Perrineau from Lost and stuff. Uh, they actually had a Walking Dead joke in it. They're like, hey, how'd you hear about this place? Oh, about 20 miles up the road, there's an ex-cop and these people inside this prison, and they told us how to get here. So, you know, apparently they don't mind having fun with uh, other zombie movies. But that that was something interesting to watch. Although I'm trying to find a new uh, before the new broadcast series start up, like Blue Bloods and Evil, the ones yeah. that I like. I'm trying to you know fill some. Well, Holly watched. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's the Nurse Ratchet. Everyone's show. watching that. I'm just not inspired to. And well, was, what's what's strange was she's like, let's watch it. And I'm not. I have zero interest in watching mm-hmm. that. One of the flew over the cuckoo's nest. I enjoyed the movie. I don't really know why. I mean, I. Everyone thinks it's like one of the top movies of all time. I was a little disturbed by it, but well, that's you got to put it in the context of the time too, when people were handing out you know therapy and and, and stuff like that. It just showed how t- it was counterculture. If you go up against the man, who of course was Nerd Trashed, yeah. um, you will pay the price. But we're watching this show, and I'm like, who really wanted to make this show? Like I'm, I, I, I the same. Like, I would presume the same people who did American Horror Story. Well, it's kind. Of, well, I ask that's Holly, what I, I look at it and it looks like American Horror Story Ratchet. I was like, do we really want to know Nurse Ratchet's story? Nope. Again, they and do I the was, same thing with Hannibal and these other shows where it's like you're trying to get sympathy. Um, you know, yeah. it's well, okay no, that Hannibal no, is a serial killer. Well, this, unless they start delving into her history. straight up manipulative. The only one like, I like is Lucifer like that because he's actually staying true to his character where... You know, yeah, millions of years ago, I led a rebellion, but as a result, you know, I, I don't cause evil in people. I just punish evildoers. That's my job. And I've, I've always loved that. that. That's something I'm still watching on Netflix. Uh, Dennis says that he caught up with all things Marvel, and yet he loved Christopher Robin. I hear great things about Christopher Robin. I'm going to watch it eventually. That's Ewan one with Rivera. the, uh, yeah, with Obi-Wan Ewan, in it. Ewan. Yeah. Uh, Ewan, Ewan. 
Ewan. Well, he's supposed to be part of some uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series they're making. And I just saw, speaking of, which, speaking of that, I saw the trailer for WandaVision, which looks really bizarre. Have you yeah. have you heard about this? Yeah. It's Wanda, you know, Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Now, Vision died in... Um, but spoiler alert, dude. In, well, no, I think we're beyond the spoilers things. And apparently it's continuing their story arc that they're in some virtual reality or something where... You know, some saying, hey, you're dead, Vision. But it's set up like different, like Brady Bunch or Leave it to Beaver or I Love Lucy sitcoms. We'll see it. We'll... I think it's going to get very Twilight zone but also I don't know how long you can maintain such a novelty. Well, I well before, if, I, if, I had, before if, it, gets if it has the same actors in it, I yeah. can tell it's limited. Like they are only going to do like eight episodes yeah. and then... Because one of them is an Olsen sister, not one of the twins, but their younger sister. Well, I just feel like they're more movie actors than TV actors. Exactly. And Paul Bettany, who I'm surprised he's doing any kind of TV series. He's done a lot of films. Well, I mean, I, I would love to be part of that uh, organization who does all their contracts. Because you know how big Marvel wanted to make Marvel mm-hmm. movies. So it's like, hey, we got to sign these people on for 10 picture deals because that was the big deal about uh captain america like he just didn't want to do anymore so they had to figure out they had probably to write that into the 20 year plan where the falcon takes over you know captain america's role Mm -hmm. and they had to execute it on time too so wandavision i could totally see that being made four years ago three years ago and then now it's like now they can execute it so it'll be interesting but overall it's gonna uh it's probably gonna suck. So everything, I mean, all of it, it's just gonna suck. You think so? Yeah, it's just gonna be. That'd be fascinating. I, I like anything original. It's hit or miss, and half time I won't watch anything beyond the first episode. But if it's something that's just not the same old, same old, I'll give it a chance. Much like Z Nation, it's the anti Walking Dead. I've always been a Walking Dead fan. I don't know if I'm into this one though because. I, I I admire the, the the stabs of humor they try to put in it. Yeah, and it's very graphic too. In fact, someone gets horribly killed by a zombie baby, but it's obviously a puppet, so you can deal with it. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, listeners, let us know what you're binging on. Um, yeah, because I know the Emmys happened. Did they? <laughs> what well, if you gave an award show and no well, one you noticed? You told me about it, and I was like, and I honestly I did not know. I'm not, okay. You can correct me if I'm wrong, because I remember back in the day, TV had like a release schedule. Mm-hmm. So there was the fall schedule, there was the summer schedule, and then there were so, well in the old days it was fall schedule, summer reruns, and then in, in May you'd have sweeps but, week. But in summer there was always that one show that was new. Not in the old days it would all be because remember before VCRs, if you missed a show, you missed the show. So you'd wait for the summer repeat to catch up on. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, you're talking about a hundred years ago. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. But now, yeah, now they have the limited runs, which I actually like now, very much. I don't really understand, like, like when when you told me the Emmys happened, I go, "What's been coming out?" Like, I don't even know like, what's the time period that they're judging. Because I it was the calendar year. Well, when I read that, like Watchmen won something, I was like, I feel like the Watchmen show came out like three years ago. Because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was like, I'm pretty sure that show came out like three years ago. Like, why are we... Well, yeah, but when it comes out, but no, it was still running. Was it a COVID thing? Mm, I think it just it feels longer ago than what it was. No way, Because Shit's Creek, and I can say that because that's the name of the show, and it's with an S-C-H-I-T-T, uh, swept. I think it won like everything. 
And so that's the sad state of affairs when one show wins everything, pretty much. I yeah, think only see, there were only like four shows grand total that won stuff. Came out of October twentieth, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. So there, there's a you know there's a seasonal. So that's a long time. Not ago. a calendar year, but it's yeah. a seasonal. And yeah, but Jimmy Kimmel, who stopped for me, stopped being funny well, so a long time ago. It. No, I absolutely did not. Oh, so why are you talking about I, it? Well, they happen just because. I don't have to watch. Are the Emmys a big deal? Am I missing out? Not anymore. Out? No. Last year, the viewership sank to an all-time low. All-time low. They lost thirty-five percent. They were yeah, they're down thirty-five percent. I've been looking all morning for the ratings for last night's Emmys, and they still haven't come Let out. Let me ask you something. Uh, with the Emmys, like okay, like the Oscar, I get as on like their side of the table mm-hmm. because they can. Promote the Oscars that can, that promotes their movies that gets you to go see their movies and buy their movies and that kind of stuff. But with the Emmys, since TV is kind of like has a gatekeeper kind of thing, mm-hmm. and this is before streaming, so like like you said, if some TV show thirty years ago got won all these Emmys, you would have to wait till the summer to watch it because mm-hmm. you know they didn't have it on VHS, they didn't have it on DVD. So like and back then there would be actual particular episodes for like you know best dramatic actor yeah, for, for this episode not for the whole series. But now since streaming is available, do you see the Emmys kind of taking the perspective of the Oscars where they're trying to create the buzz for this one particular TV show and it's like hey if we get back in cuz think about the like the Watchmen it ended December 15th, 2019 so if it won a bunch of awards HBO's like, heck yeah, we're going to have more subscribers to HBO because they're going to check out The Watchmen. Is that the... Is yeah, it, have the Emmys become a marketing device is what you're yeah, asking. Yeah, because Oscars definitely is. It, it totally is a marketing device. It's it's for those movies to get that push. Because they even re-release in theaters to get for three weeks or whatever the, the average is after the Oscars. When they win an Oscar, they re-release it in the theaters. Yeah, well, it's over the Golden Globes. You know, the Golden Globes would come first and then they'd re-release for Oscar contention. Yeah. And I remember... It was funny because I was watching the DVD of Shakespeare in Love one time, and they had the commercials for the DVD extras, and it was how the summer sleeper hit, uh, Golden Globe nominee, five Golden Globe wins, and then you know Oscar nominee, and it's funny watching the commercials for it for every re-release of this oh, movie yeah. to build it up. So yeah, I, I think the Emmys. Here's the thing: I don't think anyone cares about the Emmys anymore, except the people who are winning the awards. Uh, Kimmel tried, you know. Did his Kimmel thing, try to make it shoehorn in political stuff, which well, just fell think, flat, to well, an empty auditorium. Well, I think that the main issue is the, what are people's concept of TV today because it's changed so drastically with streaming services. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like you, I, you don't get that lineup where it's like, what was NBC had like the comedy, I forgot what they called it, like Thursday Night Fun or something like that. Must see well. There's must see TV. Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. That has changed, and it's also like with New Year's Eve. It always be the Dick Clark's New Year's Eve, but now it's you know every channel you go to, someone well like has something shows like the boys. They got rid of uh, uh, they got rid of the specials specialness of it. Like uh, the boys. What's interesting about that is it premiered on July 26, 2019, and then the second season premiered on September 4th, 2020. So they basically released two seasons within the Emmy year, Mm -hmm. you know, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like, I guess it's kind of hard to judge if you're given a award. Yeah, there's no set schedule. And if you notice more and more like Amazon Prime, they're only releasing some episodes at a time 
like uh, Lucifer on Netflix for the fifth season, they've only released the first half of it, and then later on they're going to release the second half instead of all at the same time. Hey, you know it's 10 o'clock on the dot. Oh, yeah, take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. When we come back, Rick, the reluctant cowboy sellers, will be in the studio with us. All right, guys, we'll be right back. You're listening to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Yep, 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 yep. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Second Saturday Divorce Workshop provides unbiased information to help you understand your options and move forward with your life. This divorce workshop is for you if you are contemplating divorce, in the process of divorce, already filed for divorce, or post-divorce. 
You will explore the emotional, legal, and financial aspects of divorce from professionals who have guided others through divorce. For more information on this divorce workshop, contact SecondSaturdayWoodlands.com or call 832-375-0900. Welcome back. Dick and Skippy in the mornings, 10.04 on the dot. On Monday, September 21st, 2020, tomorrow will mark the birthday of both Bilbo and Frodo Baggins. That's right, they were both born on September 22nd. Not 2020, but a long time ago. So tomorrow I shall be celebrating with hobbits everywhere. But until then, we're going to celebrate with someone else. We got Rick the Man Sellers in the studio with us. Yeah, you could look a little happier, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm really very happy, actually. Well, what's funny is I'm doing the camera work, and I have Sean, but then you have Rick's face just like... (laughs) Yeah, I know. I listen to him all the time, you know. Yeah, well, that's right. You're in the play, Yeah. so you got to deal with that crap. So give me me your perspective. How do you think it turned out? I think it turned out I'm not your director anymore, so you can be honest. You want to point the mic at you? It's turned down. There you go. It moves on me. We can tighten it, dude. Chill. I didn't even touch it. Well, Rick's not used to being well, not yeah, at your no, microphone yeah. over there. No, he hasn't been in right. for a long time. I, I, I thought I thought you didn't do your show anymore. I was yeah. like, oh, I guess he's just moved on. I kidnapped him for for the tempest. Yeah, it was important. Yeah. Was so important. Yeah. okay, the us. tempest. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was very imaginative. I thought the the with the uh, Heba mm-hmm. being deaf. And having the two aerials, and actually three, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was very ingenious. I thought that was pretty cool. Would you put it on your resume, Rick, so people know you're part well, of this wonderful production? I would, yeah, because it was that, that good. Okay. I only played Aww. a very small role. Small but know. vital. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like actors always kind of push like what they're really good at. You know, like oh, you've heard about this production. I was, they oh, would, yeah. But it's also I played third chair. Well, here's the thing: it depends on what the production is. You, you know, my IMDb has me as you know, technician number four, but by golly, it was a movie that made it to the Sci-Fi Channel, so I'm putting on my resume. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. Fair enough. That's I would right. just change my name. Just like, just look at who's the person who's in the most movies and just claim to be that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, oh, so glad it, that you were part of it, man. Yeah. I was. You I was me, loving you a, being part a, of it. You want me, me, me to fix that for you? No, I've got it. Thanks. Okay. All right, I got it. So, welcome to the studio in the mornings. Yeah. You know, usually we have a buffet yeah. table and, and catered coffee. I was going to say, where's the coffee? But, uh, I mean, you don't even have any. I know I ran out. I should have yeah. poured a bigger cup here. Well, when there's a coffee shop down the street. That's right. But I'm enjoying my time with you. And I'm enjoying oh, my time with yeah. Rick. So, let's there talk about. You. Yeah, Rick's not in, to talk, well, he's not in to talk about the Tempest. So yeah, I know. I, know. That. I thought we'd get uh, that housekeeping out of the way. If you, if you want to check out what he is talking about as we talk about it, we, go. Uh, we put the description in the description. I put website links to uh, basically the audio drama that you're producing yes. for this book. Now, when you when you said audio drama, why didn't you say audio book? Is it is it's it a different. different style? Yes. Okay, so what when I think of audio book, I think of you know, Stephen Fry sitting down reading Harry Potter word mm-hmm. for word. Sure. Absolutely. And I don't know if he really did that. I just made that be kind of fun. Yeah. He did he did he do I, Harry Potter? Because mm-hmm. I just know he does a lot yeah. of voiceover work. Yeah. I think Stephen Fry actually did yeah. do Harry Potter. And audio dramas are is it more of like a radio play? Yes. So there's like sound effects yes. and there's different voices. So it's not one person reading it. Correct. Um, because I always I always wondered, like, what's more enjoyable? Because when people tell me, oh, audiobooks is just like reading it, and I'm like, I don't know. 
because I don't sound like Stephen Fry in my brain when I'm reading, because you're always like, you're reading it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, audio dramas I get, because that's more of like an entertainment thing. Like, right. You're like, yeah, let's... Right. I did this one, uh, very first time I did an audio book. And, so uh, you did an audio book. You read right. it word for word. But I also added in sound effects. I added in all kinds of different things. I highlighted Buck Yeager's music, okay. which I'm still doing in this new show, audio drama. Show the screen again. Yes. It's called Prairie Magic. Prairie Magic. There's link. There's a link. There's links in the links. description. So if you okay. want to see the books and all the things, PrairieMagic.com. And uh, this, the reason why I, we're doing it into an audio drama is because the Equine uh, Association of the United States, I guess, U.S. and and all the Americas, are doing a contest at the end of the month. And uh, the author Joan Pillen has got all of her books involved in this and. A new category for it is the audio dramas. So it's a brand new category. I have to get it in by the end of the month, by beginning of October. And uh, it's the only one that we're in the contest with. It's ourselves. So we're going to win no matter what. But well, um, see, now I want to grab an audio drama, dust it off, and submit it just well, to give you some you, competition. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, Rick. So with audiobooks, it, you're you're basically listening to the book being read to you, so sure. you can always bookmark it, like push pause, you Correct. know, whatever. Right. With audio dramas, I imagine, like, how many pages is that book? It's 389 pages. So that's going to be like a four-hour drama, right? Actually, it's an 11-hour drama. 11 mm. hours? Right. So how do you present that in in a format that people? Because to me the audiobooks make sense because it's like you're reading the book. It's the same way. Same, same way. Same format. Okay. Yeah, like an Audible, you can like it's just one. It. Yeah, it's just one big file, and you're right. for eleven hours. Well, the, you're, the history of it. A yeah. long time ago, I actually had a cassette tape of a Paul mm-hmm. Reiser book mm-hmm. talking about uh, getting married and having kids, and I was driving back and forth from Albuquerque, and it's long drive, and so that because I. Pulled back in the home. I drove straight through. So it was like 3 in the morning when I pulled in. And that audio book kept me going. It was just Paul Reiser reading his own book and, and his own voice. And so it, that that helped. Mm-hmm. The first audio drama I ever heard and something like that, and I, I've just recently found it on cassette. I've got to dub it over into an electronic format. It's this audio company did a version of The Mist, you know, the Stephen King story with you know, people trapped in the in the supermarket. Right. But it was it was done with this special 3D sound. I think they had like a, a mannequin head with different microphones and they'd have the actors walk around it because this audio drama said, use headphones when you play this tape and you put on headphones and it sounds, you know, you can close okay. your eyes. It's really, really intense. And so with audiobooks, I've never been a full fan of them as a, as a replacement for books. Right. Unless you're doing like a long drive, but that's really advanced, hasn't it? Oh, it has. It's really evolved. With the well, Amazon Prime giving out Audible, and mm-hmm. uh, that is just huge. And I'm involved with ACX, which is Audible's little version of, you know, getting editing and producing and and getting in touch with the authors. Uh, well, it's so it's so neat to me to see author, authors and then creative people do something a little different for mm-hmm. their material. Right. And because audio dramas, I can see it being something. I mean, because people are always looking for something, and especially if they like the sure. book. This it, to me, this is like the another step towards like making a movie of the book or a right. TV series of the Absolutely book, Absolutely, or something like that. Absolutely is. And and uh, another thing that was interesting, I don't know if you've heard of this, Rick, because I know you're into the audiobook stuff, uh, producing this one guy named David Groggins. He's one of those hardcore workout people, uh, but he wrote a book because he was in the Navy, I think it was. And 
he basically had someone read it audiobook but then after every chapter it was him talking about kind of like an open conversation about the chapter nice oh, okay. so you get you get an audiobook well there's and so many you, different yeah. avenues you can take this is sure. like a whole new experience for book lovers right right, right very much so i mean with amazon and or i should say audible uh, they kind of give you 3 cents on the dollar i mean if you have a book and you want to get it done on audible and they'll They'll give you three cents for, for every dollar they make. They'll give you three cents. And they make buku bucks. Well, so, I mean, that's something that, that I think that when, when Apple iTunes first opened digital, their digital store, right. that was the big complaint where, like, if you're an artist and you prove that you own your music and you upload it to iTunes for to download, you got, like, 30 cents on the dollar, I think it was, yeah, or something like that. It's that ridiculously low. Yeah. So that's why Joan, the author... Uh, started her own publishing company, and Odin's Legacy Press. And I'm the uh, director of whatever my card says I am. <laughs> I'm the director of audio drama productions for that. Yeah, for Odin's no, Legacy I mean, Press. So if anybody out there who has a book they want to let me know, go over to PrairieMagic.com. Yeah, maybe I may throw my it's novel a, over there. The, it's in the it's in the cool. Info. Now speaking of Audible, uh, how I know how it did evolve. This is a really unique situation that I found out, and I actually you know you know made sure to download this when I had my month free of Audible uh, many many years ago. Uh, William Gibson, who was a science fiction writer, kind of in your face one, he wrote the original screenplay for Alien Three. After, you know, yeah, you've spoken about this. They did a even with Michael Bean and stuff, right? Yeah, and what happened was, and they they never produced it because it was contingent on the Soviet Union still existing, and of course the Iron Curtain fell, so they came up with the stupid Alien Three on the prison planet. But what happened was, just last year, they got Audible got his production team together, did an audio drama of it's like four hours long, and they got Lance Henriksen and Michael Bean to reprise their roles along with uh, sound alikes to. Sigourney Weaver and Paul Reiser, and did it. They just updated a bit where it wasn't the Soviet Union anymore. It was mm. a it was like a twenty third century communist nation because it, it had to happen on two different uh, space stations, a communist one and a, a non one. And it was that was when I was driving back and forth from Segui, uh, New Braunfels, and that was an amazing. Uh, I had to pull over a couple of times because I was so into the listening to it. I wasn't paying attention to the roll, the road. And so, again, it's just like a whole new to, to have audio dramas. And so it's not just I mean, I think reading the books is OK for for like the long trips. But adding that extra excitement of the audio right. drama. Right. Because uh, you have in your head when you're reading it, the, these characters, you know, how they sound, you know, as, as what goes on. But. Now that you're hearing it, these characters become part of your, you know, your existence, and you you sit there and become, hey, I like these people, you know, they could be my best friends, they could be my buddy and and my brother and sister. So it's it's well, it adds depth to it. It sure does. And then the sound effects and yeah. and all the the fun stuff that goes on and the dramatic stuff. It's being an audio drama. Listen, I want to talk about real quick about audio dramas, our audio drama for Prairie Magic, and are I wanna, we already doing that? That we are redoing. He wants to deep dive. He yeah, wants to actually, I, I want to oh, give the notes. Yeah, no, I, my notes here. I want to tell, give you a, a list of everybody who's in it because now I have a lot of people in this book. I have Krista Sharp, uh, Grace McDaniels, Paco Rodriguez, Travis Bryant, Travis, John Harris, Wendy Kozlowski, Sherry Sellers. I have 
Dennis O'Connor, Amanda Albright, John Barton. Hey, Bright. Hey, Bright. Okay. And special guests. You, you acted against her just right. two, two days ago. Yes, I did. Uh, with special guest stars Art Stringer and Dick Schisler. Yeah. You were in that, Dick? Yes, Funny how I didn't it. get any phone calls on this one. Well, you're too damn busy. Never too busy for you. Oh, thanks. Aww. He always says that when you're feeling the love. I know he does. I know. Well, I mean, because what's what? Great, well, great cast. I know half yeah. of them. And they're awesome. Well, what's amazing about it is putting together the project and finally getting the end result, and you're trying to enter the the contests right. and things like that. But now it's something that you are doing now full time. Is full time. If you want someone to record an audiobook, Rick Sellers. That's it. I'm going to throw him a copy of my novel, see if he wants to do anything with it. I have a copy of your novel, and I've already recorded some stuff. I was going to throw it out at you. You know what we should do? We should do his novel, but do those helium (laughs) gas slash, (laughs) what's the other one? Yeah. I would pay cash for that. What's the other gas? Like the other end of the spectrum gas? Nitrous oxide. Is it makes you, like, really deep? Oh, um... I guess so. wouldn't that be like I'm liking nitrous oxide. Yeah, I, I know, like right? Yeah. You gotta talk about though that gas. There's a, there is a gas that does it. Yeah, but yeah, the opposite of helium. I guess it would be. Yeah, there was a heavy gas. We were watching a, that uh, Impractical Joker show, and the punishment for the guy was he had a microphone with the gas, but they didn't tell him which one it was. So he had to give this speech, and he had to suck behind the behind it, <laughs> and so all of a sudden he sounded like a demon, or he'd sound like a little little boy. But uh, we should do that for your audiobook. So, so uh, Rick, where are the outlets for this? So, you know, uh, Prairie Magic, mm-hmm. someone wants to listen to the audio drama. Do they go to Audible? Do they go to the webpage? PrairieMagic.com. PrairieMagic.com. Will the audio drama be available after the contest? Or yes. is it? Okay. Yes. It'll be available on that website. Um, and with that, the, she has her own tarot cards. She has made a, a tarot card game board. That sort of like uh, it goes with the book. Goes with the book. Yeah, everything that goes along with the book. We have we have actually, a merge it with the Ouija board. Have it? No, you know, no, I'm not gonna, the Ouija board. Okay. Well, what kind of See, genre would you describe this book? Because I've read a little bit of it. New Age, and it's definitely well. It has roots of like I don't know how to like because I don't know English literature that well, but it has roots of of philosophies. Yes, different types of philosophies yes. from around the world, and there's different representations mm-hmm. with the characters, right? Mm-hmm. And like. Nice. This, and it's very mi- mythical kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it's not like it's not like a fantasy book. No, it is not a fantasy. It's not a fantasy book, but no. like you know, there's some people in it seem like a guide, or like yeah. some people. Well, okay, like the, one of the main characters, Takata. He is uh, an 80 year old Indian who is uh, grown up, and he's he's sort of mystical, but he's the chief Native guy. American Native or American yeah. or he's no, need the cows. No Indian. Well, no, that's what, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, char- yeah, that character, he, ever, a lot of people will listen to him, and then they also repeat yep. what he says, and right. it's like, i got to remember what Takata said. Yeah, he's and, the chief guy, and, and he has a lot of you know well-meaning verses and, and talks a lot. His wife is the, the healer of the group. Um, and there are about tarot cards, and it is about uh, essential oils, and about uh, Reiki, and about you know all kinds of different— I don't uh, know what that is. I know what essential oils is. Yeah. Well, Reiki know. is a, a form of healing. Is it like stone stuff? No, no, that's that's the hot stones. I'm like a Reiki needle? master, so I. Is it like needles? No, it isn't. You don't get touched. Rick the Reiki master. Yeah, I'm a Reiki master. It's a hold on what? I'm a Reiki master. It's oh. it's it's where you pull the energy from the universe oh, and, okay. and pull through myself, and I'll heal you or help heal you and make you feel better. Like through my that. aura. Is it like aura based? You, no. 
No. You got a garbage aura. Oh, I know I do. <laughs> um, now so, people think I'm weird now. No, 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 no. not at all. Well, we, yeah, we, we already did that. No more I mean, weird yeah. than normal. You said, you said new age, so everyone's yeah, not like, oh. So the question. So the book is written, I'm presuming, like third person. Bob mm-hmm. walked in and... Oh, my Correct. God, he said. Correct. So to turn that into an audio drama, obviously mm-hmm. you're not reading word for word like Bob walked into the room. How, how is that translated for the actual audio drama? Uh, Do you sit down and rewrite everything? She wrote it in a fashion where it's almost already a screenplay okay. and makes it really easy because all, all the characters and all the people have to read is, is in between the parentheses. And if it's, you know, Jane says this, I don't have to say Jane said because she just said it. Or if she says it in a fashion that, or she she's excited, or you know, she has to say it in an excited manner. Why why go on? Why do you need to say that? Because she's already giving that out to you. You know, as a mm-hmm. director, you know that. Right. So, I'd like to talk about the kind of the flip side of this. Maybe uh, not the danger of of an audio drama, but kind mm-hmm. of uh, the underbelly. Uh, Dick was saying earlier that. Uh, you know, you're hearing it, you're hearing a voice put to it that it's different than the voice in your head. Now, I think with precious few exceptions, and I'll say like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, everyone cast in that movie was the perfect, just like Elijah Wood was born to play Frodo. Right. You know, uh, Ian McKellen was born to play Gandalf, so I can't see anybody. When they popped up on the screen, it's like, yeah, that's who I've always seen mm-hmm. in my head. Does an audio drama carry with it an inherent danger that... I may have a voice in my head or a picture in my head um, that the audio drama can now limit it, or does it help to ex- expand the listener's mind? I think it does. If the the person sitting there listening and enjoying it, mm-hmm. uh, they w- I don't think they'd be driving down the road. I, you wouldn't want them driving down the road listening to this, like you said, because you get involved in it. You got listening to it, and there's a bunch of funny scenes in this book uh, that you know <laughs> you got. Oh my God, that's happened really, but it's. There is an inherent danger because people will go, oh, I, that's not the way I pictured that person, or that's not the way. I, but it's when same thing if you make a movie out of a book. And actually, that. that's what kind of rates it because you have some people going like, you know, Forrest Gump was supposed to be a big blonde football player, yeah. and you got Tom Hanks, oh, like or, Jack Reacher, or Jack, Jack Reacher, Reacher, or, or right. Keanu Reeves's Constantine. You know, so, right. but people still accept it, but it's a different audience. So, mm-hmm. so it's kind of incumbent on the listener to like, this is a translation or an interpretation of it right it's funny there's this author named Stephen donaldson who's a fantasy writer and he's got this website with an ongoing general question thing and his stance is he's got some names that are they could be pronounced 10 different ways Mm -hmm. uh, depending on based on the spelling and people ask how do you pronounce this woman's name and he said what however you pronounce it is the right way he will never say like there's a woman Whose name can be pronounced Asheran, a Tiran, a Tyrant, you don't know. So it's like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, Rowling or Rowling. Rowling, <laughs> Rowling. And and so he's he says to the to the reader, it's however you want to pronounce it is the right way. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe kind of similar thing, however you want to listen to it. Right. It, it's the right way. Yeah, it's uh, like a lot of my characters um have two or three voices. Yeah, different styles, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty fun. I, I used to play all of them. I had like twelve <laughs> different voices in this. Now I don't have to do that. And uh, well, that's the biggest difference between yeah. an audio drama, where I'm from, understanding it's audio drama, and an audio book is like you can add some inflection when you're doing audio books because it's like oh, and and Charles asked questionably, you know. And, 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 I 
listen to this audio book of a Star Trek novel read by George Takei. You know, oh. Sulu. And it's funny because, you know, he hates William Shatner. And it really came across whenever he was, you know, he'd be reading the voices a bit. But whenever Captain Kirk came on the book, he <laughs> would talk like this. And you could just tell that Takei was having way too much fun with that. Uh, I didn't know he hated him. I guess a lot of people hate him. Uh, here's the thing. I read Shatner's autobiographies, and I get him. He's very self-aware. And um, and I can see, so yeah, he is abrasive, he's egocentric, but reading what he went through to get to where he was, I get it, and I can tell how you can overshadow other people. Well, he's probably upset because he's most famous for a show he probably hated. He yeah. hated it for a while, then he, and then they unhated it. Remember, Leonard Re- Nimoy wrote two bi- autobiographies. One, I Am Not Spock. He wrote that in the mm-hmm. 70s, he was just so mad about it. It's like, I'm not Spock. And then he wrote a second bi- uh, autobiography, you know what it's called? I am Spock. I am Spock. Is he, you know, all of the originals got really pissy around in the late 80s when Star Trek The Next Generation came out. Because, like, no, this was ours. Well, guys, you've been bitching for 10 years about you were pigeonholed. Now we're taking the pressure off. And look who came into the subsequent Star Trek series. James Doohan, George Takei, and Takei um, you know, all of them, Leonard Nimoy, all carried on willingly into well, it's because you know money speaks, dude. Yeah, well, right. there's money, but there's also here's no a, money speaks, dude. Like, how much do you think Leonard Nimoy got in the new Star Trek movie? How much money do you think he got paid? I mean, at least a million. No, but I'm talking about in the TV series in Star Trek: The Next Generation. They all started hating it. I, I saw Jimmy Doohan in 1988 ripping Star Trek: The Next Generation a new one. Oh. This is personally saw him. He's like, didn't this have is this, in it. huh? That's because they didn't hire well, him to be in it. That was yeah. his thing. It was like, well, you know, they should have asked us. And people were like, but you spent so many years complaining how you hate this character, you hate the show. Well, again, could be well, money, could just be time. I mean, I know William Shatner is Denny Crane. That's how. I, that's the character. T.J. Hooker, Denny Crane, no. Sunset Boulevard. No, seventy-seven Sunset Strip. I mean, he's yeah. been around. Uh, Bar Barbarossa was that the name of the? Honestly, I have no series? idea how old he is. Twilight Zone. He's in his eighties now. I feel like he's like yeah. he could be ninety to five, and I'm like he looks the same for the past forty years. Yeah, pretty much. So, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, one thing I got to ask about Prairie Magic and the way your uh, the the company's selling the book. Right. Is it going to be, when the audio drama's finished, is it going to be something like a package deal? Because, like, that's one thing I've noticed for, like, the audio or the music industry, the, I, I would not be surprised is if records are going to be sold more than CDs because when you buy a record now, it comes with a download that you can have the music on an MP3. Mm-hmm. So for your devices or for iTunes or whatever. Right. And so to me, it's like the, the the future of audiobooks will go hand in hand with purchasing the book. I yes. think, doesn't Amazon already, already do that? Yes. Uh, I downloaded a book from Amazon and it automatically tagged along the audible version. Yeah, of it. they yeah. do that with CDs too. It has it's called Auto Rip. And if you like it, if you go search for CDs, they'll say like you want to search by Prime, want to search by Auto Rip, and Auto Rip lets you just download it immediately. And when you wait for your CD to arrive. Well, that's what I think. If we can talk about music, because you're talking about CDs versus, and I see that vinyl's coming back, and Lord knows I've been hitting the uh, the antique stores and just buying vinyl as much as I can, because the missus got me an all-in-one with a, with a turntable. I'm loving the fact that now I've I control 
my songs again. You know, for a while you can only get them through iTunes or something. And like, well, I want to put this on a CD. Nope, can't do that anymore. And if if I lose my iTunes account, bye. Or I can't transfer it to another phone or, oh, or no, something. There's so limited. But yeah. I think people are getting more control now. Is that the new? Uh, that's the new way it's going. Absolutely. People are hating, you know, the the control that iTunes and Amazon and Audible had on it. I think it's iTunes screwed the pooch when they put that YouTube album on, whether you wanted it or not. I mean, I showed up, it was on my phone. I hate YouTube. Yeah. I mean, hate U2. I'm just you, not you a fan. You know my favorite thing about that? It was a, a Holly on her phone. I guess they put it on your phone, too. Yeah, yeah. if you had an I, anything was, that had iTunes on it, it showed and up she on. didn't know, like, she didn't have a computer. So she didn't know how to get rid of it. And every time she started up her car... It would always automatically go to the U2 album, and she's just like, I freaking hate U2. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. Uh, but that show is like to seriously force an album on someone whether yeah. you wanted it or not. Well, so Prayer Magic, if you go to the website, I've been there, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of and stuff. How many books total are there? There's right now four books for purchase. So you could read all four books, right. and then the audio drama is covering the first book. The first book. And we now, have- you, you've been working on the audio book, too. Right for the next for the next book. Okay, so the that's available today. Like the first book, audio. First book is available today to download on audio book, not right. audio drama. Not an audio drama. So not yet. Okay. Ebook, uh, and she will put a packages together for special events. Uh, you know, you buy the book, get the download of the of the audio drama or the audio book. Yeah. Um, she is uh, in the currently process of writing the fifth book. And actually, she's written it. She just has to put it in, get it published, and get it yeah. done awesome. there. And we just recently got a new book into uh, Owens Legacy Press. A gentleman, a doctor, gosh, I can't remember Jekyll. his name. Yeah, Dr. Jekyll. Uh, he was a professor for the uh, South Dakota School of Mines, which was world-renowned. Wait, Mines or Mimes? Mines. Oh, man. Mines. If he'd gone to School of Mimes, I'd be all over this. Yeah, I know. Especially for the audio book, just... Blank space for two hours. Sell it for nineteen ninety five. Yeah, just hear what you want to hear. Uh, but we just got that book. He wrote it in the nineteen nineties, and he passed away. And his family wanted to, to get it out there, so we're we've got a new one. And you can take to do. the older, you know, books have been out there for a while and give them whole new audiences. Right. Uh, listener Misty pointed out. She says audio and drama books are great for kids, especially those with learning disabilities. Right. And that's a huge audience, I would imagine. Right. right. It is huge. Children's books are yeah. very. Very big deal right now. Well, because I also imagine when you're trying to search for new content, you don't want like what's the norm. You're like, oh, let's we really like this book. Let's see what else is what else is attached to this stuff. Right. Because like that was that was kind of me when I was discovering books. Is if I watched a TV show and I'm like, oh, I wonder who wrote that, and you find mm-hmm. out it's a book. You're like, well, I'm going to read that book because mm-hmm. I kind of like the TV show. And then you kind of go, oh, there's an audio drama of that book, or there's a comic version of the book too, and it's like a whole was a whole world that you never knew existed, of just tied to that, right? Kind of like the tarot card thing, right? Because that to me, because when I saw that, I was like, that's really interesting, because I can see the way the you read the book, you can see how it goes hand in hand with the tarot card reading, right? Well, tarot isn't it's not going to tell you the future, you know. Everybody thinks, oh my god, I don't need no. It's not ter- telling you the future. It tells you. The things that could happen in a fully evolved life. So if you're having issues and you want to know what's going on, you think about well, it. You shuffle it up. When and I did it, random. I did it with the Prairie Magic, and yeah. really, what I liked about it is I did it with Holly, 
And what I liked about it was it's more of like a self-reflection kind of thing. Right. Like you're asking yourself the hard questions. Sure. I've always felt that that was normally be asked because it's so interpretive. Yeah. You know, that this can mean A, B, or C. That it's it's where you're not. It's not directing where you want your mind to go, but kind of it's opening your mind to the possibilities of. You already know these questions. These are the answers that can fit in. Sure. Well, with her, her tarot cards, they're round and they're not really. You don't go, um, is that maybe? What is that? I don't know. I don't know anything about tarot cards. Right. So I mean, but it tells you exactly what's going on on the tarot card. It shows you. So the novice can pick up that tarot card and know what that means. Hmm. And, and she's done a fantastic job. And then she made this board that you could put them down and know which ones you turn over. And this is the style. And this is what it means when you turn it over. And, and she has rune stones. She's a Norwegian ancestor. And uh, she does rune stones. And, and so it sounds like there's a lot of research that went into her books here. Ton of research. I mean, ton. She's been doing it for quite a few years. She's won an award. Uh, I, if I had my glasses on, I'd know it. Uh, here we go. Here, I'll read okay. it for you. It's, it's, He's got his glasses on. <laughs> it's Coalitionary Visionary Resources, the Visionary Awards finalist, covr.org. Check them out. Yeah, and she's won, she won first place for other three books for this. So. Very nice. Well, we can talk about how great I was. Yeah, how, how great were you? Dude? I was probably one of the best four-line people. I had a monologue yeah. of what was it, about nine sentences, I think. So I did that. I did I messed up a couple times. Yeah, I edited it, and it, it, it was okay. It sounded really, really good, actually. It did. <laughs> heavy editing. It was okay. heavy editing. It was okay. Um, and I have more for him to do, so he's going to be doing more. Well, that's one thing that... Because oh, I never, I never like in a sense acted, but it's fun to try something. It's almost like doing karaoke, where you're trying to imitate something that you have an idea about. Huh. Okay, and if that makes sense, it's sure. like that's the way I kind of see it. Because I don't act at all. Like there's never. A... But you read beautifully. I mean, you, you the inflection in your yeah, voice. Well, oh, Dick's, Dick's used it's to sound, sounding out the words. Yeah, I'm dyslexic, <laughs> yeah. so I got to do phonics, yeah. dude. Uh, listener Dennis is asking: Is the station ever going to present? The radio dramas like they used to do. Uh, we were starting on that. Yeah, uh, well, John thing, Barton was uh, doing a, a Gunsmoke episode, will, and COVID kind of screwed us up. I will say uh, we're we are getting new shows, not right radio dramas. So what I had to do is I had to figure out a good time slot that mm-hmm. no one will take. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I edited all of them again to fit the radio format. And what I'm going to end up doing is picking you know. a time where every Saturday, Sunday at 1— or whatever it'll we'll play a random one but we all are are going to make them available on demand in cool, one cool. place because cool. we had because we had a bunch of different theater companies mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. doing it so mm-hmm. i was trying to figure out like how do i word this and not confuse and not because freaking actor people are so touchy about stuff yeah and it's like how do i not upset everybody and then because people want to listen. People want they well, want to hear And this stuff. is what I'm enjoying, the, the renaissance of the listening drama. I, here's the thing. We went very visual for many years, like with the movies, the big bang movies, uh, you know, explosions and colors and stuff. But much like vinyl making a comeback, it seems to be going back to the old days of just, you know, chilling at home, putting something on through <laughs> well, headphones about, or not. Well, think about, like, the, the possibilities of, of, of some type of cre- uh, creative work and having different avenues for it, because it's kind of like uh, I like, for example, uh, the Sandman uh, series is now getting an audio book with like James McAvoy mm-hmm. and uh, Andy Serkis, I think, is in it and stuff like that. So it's like 
you're going to get some top end actors sure, yeah. voicing these. Because of COVID. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they have nothing else to do. And I'm flashing back. And I never to... thought of Sandman being an audiobook. It's a comic, it's a graphic novel. Yeah. I'm like, why would that be an audiobook? It's because it's allowing, that's what I was trying to say earlier, it's allowing the audience to give their own interpretation to, to fill in the gaps. Uh, I remember uh, in England for six months, BBC Radio 4, I think, had a 50 episode, they did it twice a week, of Lord of the Rings. And it was so intense. And it's funny because uh, Ian McKellen, who played Bilbo in the movies, actually played Frodo in the BBC radio. Hmm. But we tune in twice a week to listen to this. It would be half-hour yeah. episodes. And it was so grand scale. The, I remember listening to the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a radio series, mm-hmm. before it became, then the book came out, then the record, then the TV series. But we remember like, tuning in and listening. I, uh, there's a podcast company called Q Code. And they're doing a lot of radio dramas. They, uh, if you ever heard that on Reddit, there was something called the left-right game, that was kind of like this text thing. A guy talking about you play this left-right game in your car, and you end up in this magical place. Well, they actually did a ten-episode drama of it. Uh, they've got like a half a dozen dramas that are, you know, big names. Tessa Thompson did one of them, who was played Valkyrie in the in the Marvel movies. Uh, she's in one. Uh, no, uh, no, Raimi, that is. I'm I know. Raimi. Okay, you I see, know who it is. Okay. I'm, I'm giving Rami Malek, who just played Freddie Mercury, he was in one. He's in the new Bond. Yeah, uh, he was in one. So is Q Code. So there's some podcasts are doing it, the audio dramas, and of course this. So it's a great time to get vocal talent. Now you said, are you looking for vocal talent too to add to the stable? Or yeah, I don't have to to worry about that because I've got a. I know a lot of people. I know people. I know, you. I know people who know people. Yeah, with the theater people, actors are weird. Yeah, in the. Because I, you know, I do have a budget, and and I am paying some of our actors, but uh, <laughs> Dick's like, wait, I didn't. Get no. But well, I, I ask, and he says, sure. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And that's well, what let me a lot tell of people. You well, no, I'll do anything. I, only, you, Rick. Dick, I'm, right. Dick, I'm supposed to ask you what your character's name. I'm is. only supposed to choose. I only choose roles that makes me look big. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it was a cowboy who got his arm hurt. So of course that's me. I'm tough. I'm rough. Yeah. And you know, in the I, rodeo, riding I'll, bulls. I'll, I'll, I will charge Thank God a bull. for radio. No one knows yeah. any better. I will charge a bull. Um, That's right. He did. So I know what's up. That's the only characters I choose, guys. I'm like the Rock. Yeah. Do you remember his name? Your character's name? Oh, it's, it starts with the F, right? No. No. Hood and Nanny. <laughs> Leif. 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 Okay, Leif. I was thinking Fife. Like Leif, Leif. Erickson. Leif. Like Leif Erickson. Right. I think it was it. Right. What's that? Well, how do you pronounce? Okay, this is gonna be random. Uh, a separate piece, the book. The guy's name is like Fien, Fief, Fien, Leaf. Anyone know? Leaf. Elliot, it looks like Leaf, but it's pronounced okay. Leaf. Right. It looks like Leaf, and that's the way like, I would pronounce like it. Leif, Leif. Yeah, like Leif Erickson. Yeah, like Leif. Like, I was really glad when the Harry Potter movies came out because I was like, I was pronouncing all these names. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all what I've, I've always wanted the, the Donaldson books I was talking about earlier uh, to be made into a movie or something so I could figure out how to pronounce this woman's name because you have no idea and the author won't tell you. Well, I I have a lot of uh, Lakota words in the book that I uh, have to, you know, yeah, look definitely. Them, you have yeah. to find out how to pronounce them. Well, I mean, that's one thing that's interesting when it comes to the audio dramas. What do you see? Because you're in the whole production of it. Like, where do you see like the big one? Or what's the next step for audio dramas? Basically, in your theories, uh, getting bigger and bigger. I mean. It, Tackling the big books, War and Peace. You know, I you know, I don't know. Is this the next streaming service? You know, that people Netflix and well, Hulu just kind of exploded well, from yeah, audio. Is yeah. it is it audio? Uh, 
we said the name several times. Audible. Audible uh-huh. is, is, is the biggest one, right? Now, cause, yeah, because it's the Amazon version of ebooks. Because if I remember, books. the hardest thing about people to get is like to on their listening device. So it's like, because I know Amazon was trying to just kind of everything's through the Amazon, but I like they have like four apps now. Yeah. And it's not like the one now. I know Spotify is having trouble with that because they just started doing podcasting mm-hmm. and it's like it's different. And yeah. People are so well, figuring it as out. much like VHS versus Betamax or whatever right, in the early right, days. Right. Or uh, remember, we had HD DVD versus Blu-ray. So, like when I get your audio drama, how am I getting? I'm just downloading like an MP3. Yes, or, an MP3. And then you got to figure out how to put it on your yeah. Device. It'll be yours. Do whatever you want with it. You can put it on a CD. You right. Can put it on uh, right. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. I can see Sean doing that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Got to burn. Got to burn my CDRs. CDRs. <laughs> Hey, back <laughs> off the CDR, man. <laughs> burn the boomer. See, so what you do is you, you get everything off your uh, your iTunes. Well, here's the thing. Like, I have thousands of songs. Well, you know, because I, I brought in that hard drive. Yeah. Well, it's I know where it is, but I'm having to, guilty getting it back from someone who's borrowed it. Uh-huh. And it's like, I dead? want to... Uh, no, no, no. What it's just, he, he keeps forgetting to bring it. It's not like earth shattering. Shout out. Who is it? Let's call him out. Get him. Get him. Uh, Justin, give me my hard drive yeah. back. But the problem yeah, is, Justin. I want to update Justin. my... I want to update my uh, iPod. I still have an iPod to listen to the car. I can't because I need that hard drive because that's where the the iTunes files are. Oh. That's your fault. To, yeah. That's and fault. I just, you know, remember the old days we could just put on an album and hit record on the cassette and do our mixtape and that was it? I have one or, in my car right or now. Or rip something into a... Uh, like my grandmother gave me an old... Or an MP3 player. player. Yeah. So we can play cassettes here. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. And you can record cassettes. Well, that all-in-one, my, yeah. so my wife got me for my birthday an all-in-one Victrola. It's an actual Victrola name brand. It's got the cassette, the AM, FM, CD turntable everything but an eight track uh, you know i love you know right. i just need to get an eight track and i'm I'm set yeah i used to have one in my car well are you gonna be a doll is that the next thing yeah Harry action Magic? figure yeah, yeah. bobblehead yeah, i'm working because i want to be I, not can, a bobblehead what are they called I the pinkos i give you permission for leaf's visual likeness to be oh, like really? me okay but we Thank need you. more of like a ken makeup like. yeah yeah he needs uh he uh. needs a schwarzenegger body uh, what are they we called can... Fun- funkos popos what are they the little big head dolls that are everywhere oh yeah those little big heads they all look the same the only way you can tell them apart is on the box where it says their name oh they're collectibles man why are you hating on collectibles I'm, well, sober beanie babies. At he one wants point. to be one. Yeah, no one's asked me to be. I'm a... pretty sure if we made you one of those dolls, people would know exactly who you are. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, like me, I'd be generic. Well, they like, just no use William Shakespeare. I was about to say they just use me for the Shakespeare Funko mm-hmm. or whatever they're called. Or Ben Franklin. Or Ben Franklin, yeah. Um, or uh, or Gimli. No, you did a good Sigmund Freud. I I, I got to lose weight to do Freud again. I'll be Gimli. Or Gollum. Like the use for Gollum. I do. I, I'd be a great Gollum. <laughs> Thing was, I gotta give a shout. I don't know if he's listening, but uh, one of our actors in the Tempest named Joseph Urich, and he played the bad guy Caliban, and he just totally brought Gollum to mm-hmm. the thing. He scared the pants off these little kids in the scene one. It was great. It was but great. in scene two, he comes out in a comedy scene where these guys are, you know, pouring beer down his throat and getting him drunk, and so the same kids are laughing at that. Yeah, we we got a lot of kids uh, on Saturday. Yeah, uh, into Shakespeare. Which, which is great. We had like a dance routine, and these young girls, five, six-year-olds, were dancing along with the, the sprites. It was, it was really yeah. good. And well, it's not like you put on a bad production, Sean. 
It, it, you know, we, we skated through on it. Well, what's next? Let's let's talk about that. Like with you, Rick. What's next? Because we're working on the audio drama. Right. You're on a deadline for it. Yeah. So what's next after the audio drama? What, Rebel. It's the next book. So you're going to be working on the audio drama version. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's a lot. And hopefully yeah. we're going to get Captain Rick show back. Uh, yeah, I'm working on that. I should be here today. I should oh, be back finally. today. Awesome. Yeah, should be back. I want to tune into that. I miss that. I want to come be a guest on it. Sure. Yeah. Book you, it. Well, you, but you like weird music, though, dude. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What, weird what, stuff. One of, my, one of the high points of my recent adult life was we had a, I was a guest on Rick's show, and it was a Queen retrospective. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we partied the heck out of that one. Yes. Yes. I mean, the Queen's all right. They're a little overplayed since that movie came out. No. Like, I don't know. I don't want to get all the hype. Oh, that's coming from a Queen fanatic. Yeah, um, right? That's, I mean, they're yeah. a little overdone. All the Queen music did that you we see, have there did is. You, did, you, did you see? Uh, no, did you? Uh, our, our theme song is a Queen song. For I know. It's a joke. <laughs> did you guys see uh, the Elton John movie? With the, Not yet. I'm. I'm yeah, no. I. I tend to avoid biopics like Selena. Like it was, I was. I was watching. And I was like, this movie would be totally awesome if you're on drugs. Yeah. Because it's I like, would believe that it's one of those movies that they randomly break out in song, but it's unbelievable breakout. It's not like, yeah. oh, I'm singing the song, kicking a rock, like I'm sad. It's like, no, the whole neighborhood comes out of their house and starts dancing with you, and all is like crazy. I'm like, what is it, going it's, on? It's so out of sync because you know benny and the jets would be playing in the beginning of of the movie well wait a minute that came out way later yeah i don't you know i didn't uh, really i yeah i didn't like speaking it of, i want to give a shout out to a show that i actually binged watched and I, I think it's coming back for a second season soon uh it was a i think it was an nbc show called zoe's extraordinary playlist did any of you hear about it it's very it's kind of like a uh if you remember, there was a TV show a few years ago called Eli Stone, where yeah. Yeah, 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 a guy would have like yeah. kind of visions of, of George Michael songs, and then George Michael got arrested in real life, so they just made it more right. broad. Same basic premise. This woman goes in for an MRI because she's got these headaches. Earthquake happens, and apparently like all these songs get downloaded in her head. You don't know if it's mystical or scientific or what, but she can see and hear people's inner thoughts um, with a, a, a song and dance routine. Like, so there's a co-worker, he's really happy on the outside, uh, but then she's working late one night and she hears him singing Mad World, which is a real bummer of a song, and he's sobbing singing this song, and she realizes... What's the show called? Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's very fascinating. Um, the first season is kind of a standalone. Her, uh, her father, Peter Gallagher, plays her father, and he's got this neurological thing where he can't communicate. But when she gets this ability... He can sing to her oh, and, wow. and dance with her, and but unfortunately, the final episode enough times passed to let you know he passes away. So I got to see what the next season is. But if you want a great integration of, uh, because a lot of these songs she doesn't know because she's young, but these are songs from thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, you know, oh, the whole thing. So that's how she knows that it's not she's not going crazy because she'll be telling someone, "Yeah, I heard a song I never heard before. It's from the fifties," and they're like, "Well." If you never heard it before, you can't have made the right. You know, it has to be a real thing. But uh, I binge watch a Frankie and Great Grace. I, I is that a musical? No, no but a, that's uh, Netflix. I've I've I burned out on Jane I've heard Fonda. Of that. Jane Fonda. I've and heard of that. Tom. No, it has Sam Waterston in it. Yeah, and uh, Martin Sheen. Yeah, uh, they play a gay couple. It's yeah. great. I was like, this is great. 
just I, I kind of burned out on Jane Fonda. I, I with her and Sam oh, Waterston oh, he, on. He's Mr. Uh, political. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not even political. Uh, you guys uh, need a marriage uh, therapy. No, it's not even. It's like she was in the newsroom uh, with <laughs> Sam Waterston. And it was amazing. I just burned out on her. Sure, burned out. Uh-huh. After he saw Barbarella, Barbarella, Barbarella. Oh, the movie. I was the like, movie. Yeah. I thought, I, thought, I thought you were talking about the club in Houston. There's one of the club in Houston it. called Barbarella. That movie, oh, really? that it's a little movie. wild. I did not like it. <laughs> I remember watching it the first time. I'm like, this is the best movie ever because mm-hmm. of what happens in it. Yeah. And it also gave birth to the band named Duran Duran. Yeah, it did. Um, but then I watched it. Well, I started to watch it not that long ago because it was on one of the channels. And I thought, man, this movie is so bad. <laughs> would you take? Would you turn Prairie Magic into a musical? Hell yes. What kind of are we talking like like what would it call gypsy kind of music kind of not gypsy I don't know what kind of what sound going like the sitar kind of thing No 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 I'm thinking uh Native American yeah, kind Native of like drums American, and yeah. a, lot, a lot of chanting like that Is that Oh sure kind of, yeah flutes like? Native yeah. American flutes Now if you need somebody to to chant uh, I can do that too Oh I, okay all right I'll I would just take the, the soundtrack I think the Howard Short soundtrack to Last of the Mohicans and just throw words in it Okay there right. you go. That's a good. That's a good soundtrack. Yeah, right. But we're highlighting Buck Yeager in his music. Oh, in we've dealt with Buck Yeager before. Yeah. Yep. Great local artist. Yeah. And uh, well, that's what's so interesting about the audio drama. I imagine is it's all locally produced, yeah. and I think that's really important for going forward for your productions. Is if you want him to do an audio book, Rick's dealing with local people, so it's not like it, it's not in, your, in the mind of like it's. Oh, I'm dealing with somebody over in UK or whatever for this part. It's just more of like everything's here, so it gets yep. done fast and it gets done proper. Right. And I think that's right. a real benefit because if you go somewhere else, you have no idea who's in charge or what's going on. No idea what they're going to do with it, what they're going to cut out, what you know. Yeah. What's, you know. But being, uh, we boring you? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's no, kind of tired. No, they're doing early. stuff outside. Yeah, he was up early. They're putting up the beams, I think, for the Crichton. Oh, nice. I think they're doing. Yeah, they're yeah, uh, they're getting so. theaters are coming back. You know, Points North, we were just really honored to have put together a full production. What's on Points North? Point North Points North Theater next. Uh, we're uh, planning on, and we're getting the, about to get the final okay. A Christmas show. I was yes. talking about it with Dick earlier. It's called 19- a Christmas show. Well, no, it's going to be a 1940s USO Christmas show. We yeah, already yes. talked about this. Okay, mm-hmm. now I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That makes total okay. sense. I was, totally, that, I was totally listening at the beginning of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, okay, I can't. So, is the title? No, it's it's, it's an unnamed. Uh, I'm, I'm writing it. Oh, so you're. Oh, so it's going to be like the, yeah, the it's, style it's, it's a musical of review. The 1940s. Yeah, it's going to take some standards because you got to give me an idea of this because that that to me could have been a play. No idea. Well, there are written yeah. plays out there, but you no, know, we're going to use the um, you know, the music available to us that the uh, or Woodland Symphony Orchestra is going to play. You know, like Glenn Miller, Andrew's sister, stuff like that. What's the movie that, or the play that's based off of a USO show? Well, there's one called, I think, the is it 40. Bing, Bing Cosby. Is it a USO show? It was something like they're all at, they're all in the army and they're all at uh, the. You know, a movie musical? Because, yeah, they're. they're White, s- Christmas? White, White Christmas? White Christmas. White Christmas. Um, uh, uh, what's the Yankee Doodle? Well, that's George Cohen. Never mind. That was. Yeah, I mean, that's. They're there are there. musicals out there swinging on a star. No, I meant like it, it, like it has a USO show. Yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. That yeah. that have that yeah. motif. Did Hello it's, Dolly it's have a USO show? It wasn't USO so much. I don't think so. 
I don't know. I'm making stuff up. You know, for the boys. You know, there's a bad. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun if you're creating it. So do, yeah. you, do you need yeah. a, a comedian, like a Bob Hope kind of person? Only one who can sing in uh, oh, no, two and a half octave that. range. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, two and a half octaves. Rick can do that, though, I hear. Yeah, I can get it. <laughs> we'll add Good. Barry White into the 1940s. Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> He's time traveled back in time. Well, all right, cool. we got to be wrapping up today's show, cool. Rick. You're going to be on at 3 o'clock. Yep. Uh, here on Lone Star Community with the Captain Rick Show. Yes. Uh, with rock and roll, rock and music, roll. you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. My first time back, I might just play some weird stuff. Yeah, he, he, Doctor his, Demento weird. Yeah, awesome. his journey weird. He's like, oh, guess where I brought? Guess where I brought back from my my, walk, my walkabout? Oh, I thought you meant journey like oh, Steve no. Perry journey. No, nah, no. All right. What's wrong with journey? You know, James Taylor came out with the new album. Did he? Yeah. Wow. February. No, Pat Boone came out with a heavy metal album. I'll bring it up here for you, Rick. Yeah, you please. Wanna, yeah. It's a yeah. little. No, I want the Pat Boone. It's a little. Have you uh, heard it? No. Oh, you have not lived till you've heard Pat Boone sing heavy metal. I heard Fair him enough. do, uh, 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 what was it, Smoke on the Water. Uh-huh. It's from that album. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he did. You got another thing coming, Smoke oh, on man. the Water. Oh, yeah. He did a full album of <laughs> heavy metal cover tunes. Cool. Cool. All right, well, uh, Rick, thank you so much for thank coming you, in. Let's uh, all the descriptions for like where to purchase the book, the audio drama, all that stuff. I put it in the, in the links, uh, and it's all right there. Check it out. Locally produced audio drama by Rick Sellers and mm-hmm. local actors and stuff. Prairie Magic, and then uh, Prairie Magic. yeah, the Captain Rick show uh, later today. Three o'clock. And uh, Sean, I'll see you later. I see you on Wednesday, my yeah, friend. Wednesday, we got uh, Krista coming in. Yeah, Krista's coming back in from the U.S. Census Bureau. And we're also, we still don't have a guest yet for Friday. So if you want to be a guest, reach out, dickenskippy at gmail.com. And then, of course, 936-228-9368. Thank you so much for tuning in to Dick and Skippy Live here on Lone Star Community Radio. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Peace. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.